anointed right now. You're holy. You're holy. Hallelujah. The Lord is in this place today. Whatever you have need of, I believe that Jesus is able to do it, and he's able to do it right now. I don't care how addicted you've been. I don't care how broken you've been. I don't care how empty you've been. When he comes into the room, anything can happen, and it can happen now. It can happen now. You might as well say, Jesus, your Lord of all, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, let's love him today. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God Almighty, overall. You are, you I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. I mean, I'm excited for what God wants to do in every heart and every life. What you have felt this far is just a measure of what God wants to do in you. If you have yet to really jump in with us, I want you to know it's okay. It's okay to worship. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to lift your voice. It's okay to clap. It's okay to jump. It's okay to shout. Come on. You're not here for me. You're not here for the building. You're not here for the show. You're here for Him. We love you, Jesus. We adore you. today. I believe somebody's going to be delivered of addiction today. I believe that somebody's going to be set free. Somebody's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody's going to get a breakthrough. Come on, he's not here on accident. He, he, he came here for you right here, right now, at this moment. Somebody next to you say, get ready. Amen. Holy Ghost is going to move on you. Amen. Thank you to our worship team. 
What a tremendous, tremendous presence of the Lord we can feel here today. Amen. 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 What awesome, awesome worship. Thank you all. Uh, amen. I want to give tremendous honor today to Bishop and Sister Powell and your leadership team. Thank you for letting me be with you. Amen. We love you dearly. You guys are always so great and so kind. Amen. I'm just excited for what the Lord wants to do today. If this is your first time here, we welcome you. Somebody give him a hand today. Don't let this be your last time at the Church of Omaha because today might be a special service, but man, we have church week in and week out. You don't want to miss what God is doing here. Let this be your home church. Amen. I'm going to turn quickly in the Bible to Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and then I'm going to turn to the book of Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Amen. I want to speak to you quickly on the subject of the appointed time is now. Somebody say that. The appointed time is now. Amen. Romans 13 and 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now. Somebody say now. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Amen. There's a now time, and I believe it's here today. I'm going to turn the book of Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Bible says, I'm reading from the King James. If you have a different version, it says it even plainer. Amen. The King, Cha King James says, and now, now, hey, you hear that word again? Now, why tarriest thou? In your other translations, it'll say, and now, what are you waiting for? It says, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I tell you what, when God steps in, you can do something about it right now. You don't have to wait to get the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wait to get baptized you don't have to wait for your miracle when God is here it can be a right now thing amen come on let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise Thank you, Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I pray for the next few minutes that you would anoint me to speak and us to receive. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's love him one more time. God, you're awesome. Hallelujah. We love you today. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated today. Amen. Everybody say hurry up. All right, I'll try. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 starting in verse 3. God established time. Say time. Time. When I think of time, some people thinking of their watch and uh, some younger people thinking about their phones. But time, right? Minutes, seconds, hours, weeks, months, uh, years, seasons, time, decades, millennia, etc. Genesis 1, chapter 3, the Bible says, God said, we're only three verses into your Bible. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and he divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day God established the first measure of time which was one day 
in Ecclesiastes verse uh, 3 verse 1, it shows us that God even established the seasons. It says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Now, I don't know if Jesus wore a sundial watch or not, but he actually cited time in the measurement that we would understand it in Matthew 26 and 40 he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter could you not watch with me one hour God understands hours God understands days God understands seasons but I want to tell you that there is another unit of time that we don't talk about as much and it's called the appointed time turn to somebody next to you say what's the appointed time God also has on his calendar not just what day it is not just what hour it is not just what minute it is but he has marked on his heavenly calendar something that is called the appointed time it's talked about over 22, 23 times in scripture but let me show you what it says I'm reading from Genesis 18 starting in verse 13 the Bible says that the Lord said to Abraham why did Sarah or your wife why did she laugh saying I am old how can I bear a child when I am old this was God's response in verse 14 is anything too hard for the Lord that's a good question is anything too hard for the Lord at the time appointed I'm going to return according to the time of life. Sarah shall have a son. God looks at the situation and he says, by your measure, by your definitions, it is impossible. But I want you to know that though you've waited many days, though you've waited many weeks, though you've waited many months and years, I have a calendar that doesn't work like your calendar. And there's some moment on the divine calendar called the appointed time. And when you hit that moment I don't care how impossible I don't care how improbable when you hit the appointed time of God something is going to happen Exodus 9 and 5 look at what it says here Exodus 9 and 5 and the Lord appointed a set time He appointed a set time saying tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land and the Lord did that thing on the morrow and all the cattle of Egypt died but of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one if I could get you to expand how you think of God I don't want you to picture a man passively sitting up and flipping the calendar over and over and over I don't want you to picture a God 
that is a clock watcher and he sits back thinking there goes another hour and another hour and another hour but I would rather you see God as a divine project manager of the heavens and on the earth I would rather you see God's calendar as though it already has dates circled and moments appointed that there are already miracles that he has been working on and angels that he has dispatched this is the God that set the stars in their place this is the God that set the world in motion this is the God that hung the sun and the moon and he decided the seasons but what I'm telling you is that there are things coming on the horizon that God has already appointed and they're going to come to pass Man, some people believe that it's a total accident when they end up at church. Oh, I just happened to get an invitation. Oh, I just happened to see it on Facebook. Friend, no. It's an appointed time of God. Some people just think, man, it what a coincidence that the preacher's preaching on that. No, friend. It's not a coincidence. It's appointed. Somebody say, I don't know how long I'm going to stay in my infirmity. How long I'll be bound up in the same things. How long I'm going to continue to fail. Friend, I don't care how long it's been there's an appointed time coming for you I once worked on a uh, they, they let me help chair a 90 something million dollar uh, hospital construction project uh, from the clinical side and I, I'll tell you what you had never seen a calendar like those project managers had a calendar uh, I mean we're talking pages and pages and pages of at this day at this very time of day this is where plumbing's gonna be and electrical's gonna be and this is the day we submit the permit and this is what has to happen on that day and we had in fact we hadn't had one project manager on that team I would meet with rooms of men 20 men trying to move forward one building construction and I actually I remember one day that they that somebody was trying to use a forklift to move uh, a fuel tank that was going to go into the ground for the generator and that guy with the forklift didn't have it at quite the right height and he pierced the fuel tank and that one mistake threw our plan into uh, absolute oblivion and set us back eight months which corresponded to losing around 10 million dollars of that hospital being open. If you could ever understand what God is doing up there and you could ever see his calendar friend I'm telling you that your name has been on God's agenda I'm telling you that he has a day and an hour and a minute when he is about to show up and he's about to show out I'm telling you right now today that God is getting ready to heal somebody that God is getting ready to deliver somebody that God is getting ready to fill somebody. 
He manages more than we could ever understand. And there are names and dates written down in heaven when he's going to come down and heal. There's moments that he's going to give people dreams and visions. There's moments that he's going to impress your heart and bring you to the house of God. It is not an accident that you're sitting here right now and hearing this message. This is an appointed time for you now here's the sad part about it is we can grab our phones man mine says 1120 I can know what time it is but if I'm not careful I could miss my appointment with heaven at my appointed time every time that we come into the presence of God it's up to us what we do with it. We have no idea the open door that God has set before us that if we would but lift our hands one time what would come down out of heaven and begin to move on our lives. When we come into the house of God and you begin to feel his presence filling the house and you feel drawn to respond, you have no idea the appointed moment and opportunity that that is before you and what lays on the the other side of the door if you would move closer to him but friend if you sit back and if you relax if you leave the same way that you came if you stay in your pew with your arms crossed you can miss that appointment with God I want everything that he has for me. If God is moving, I want to be in the middle of it. If he could heal my body, I want it. If he could deliver me, I need it. If he could save me, let it be so. I'm not here on accident, but it's my appointment with destiny. It's my appointment with the divine. If I asked you what season it was you could give me an answer. Man, it's, it's summer. Summer just started. But if I asked you what season are you in in God, some of you would draw a blank. Friend, I'm telling you, it's your appointed time. It's your appointed moment. You weren't designed to stay the same, and God gave me this word for you now. It's time to get out of sin. It's time to get out of the rut. It's time to get stop being a pew warmer. Friend, God is here, and he's doing something in you right now. If you're here for the first time, amen, I know that this is church just like anywhere else in town. Man, I grew up Catholic. I thought all y'all are crazy. And, and when I really came into church, I realized I'm correct. You all are crazy. Amen. But I just got a little bit crazy with you. Amen. Now, if you're here for the very first time, I know this is different. I know the worship is different. I know the singing is different. But the reason is because we don't put the priority on us. We don't put the agenda on the music. We don't even care if you're impressed with the building. All of what we do is that you might touch Jesus. That's why it's not about the pastor. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the songs it's about him we recognize that for us the most valuable thing we ever had 
was a divine appointment with Christ. I don't know if you can appreciate what you have coming, what God wants to do for you, what he's ready to change for you right now instantaneously in this place. I'm telling you, somebody is about to encounter the miraculous for the very first time. I'm telling you, somebody that's had doubts is about to hear the voice of God now, today. I'm telling you, somebody that came in empty and anxious and depressed is about to have the Holy Ghost come in and be a comforter that no man could be and no counselor could ever be. I'm telling you, friend, you can be healed. I'm telling you, you can be delivered and it can happen now. Now, now, not next week, not next month, not next year, but right here and right now. Let me show you one of the most important and one of the most misunderstood miracles of Christ. In John chapter 2 and verse 1, In fact, this ends up almost being a challenge to Christianity or certainly conservative uh, Christianity. But John chapter 2 and verse 1, everybody say weird story. Man, Jesus made some wine. That's weird. He only did it once, but Jesus made some wine. Then he spends the whole rest of the Bible preaching against wine. Let me show you why I think this happened. John chapter 2 and verse 1 says... The third day there was a marriage. In Cain of Galilee, Jesus, um, the mother of, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Jesus was called his disciples to the marriage. So he's there with all the crew. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus came to him and said, They have no wine. And Jesus said in red letters, Woman, what do you want me to do? My hour's not come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever Jesus tells you, do it. And they set in front of him six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying the Jews. And they had a certain capacity. Jesus said, I want you to fill them with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said, now you can draw out and bring them to the governor of the feast. When the ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made into wine. And knew not whence it was. Didn't know where it came from. But the servants knew. The governor called the bridegroom. And he said this. This is what he says. Every man at the beginning sets forth the good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. If any of you did drink like I did before I found Jesus, you know it's at the very bottom of the barrel where the garbage wine is. That's where the sediment falls. It's just trash. It's a dollar store wine, right? I don't drink wine. I'm never going to drink wine again. But that's the norm, as he'd say, as the party goes on the quality goes down but he says this look at verse 10 everybody sets forth the good wine when people get drunk then that which is worse but you but you have kept the good wine until now let me tell you something about the appointed time 
it was imperative that people understood what Jesus is going to do in their life and this miracle set the stage for what Jesus will do in your life what he'll do in your children what he'll do in your marriage what he'll do in your spirituality what he'll do in your mind what he'll do in your spirit I want you to hear this Jesus saves the best for last that's what that miracle was all about that Jesus saves the best for last when this world is giving you worse and worse and worse when the quality of your life is plummeting there is a God that will step in and he has been saving the best for last when you encounter the appointed time of God God is going to turn your life around God is going to change you he's going to heal you he's going to fill you he's going to deliver you he's going to save you Jesus saves the best for last. The wonderful thing is it doesn't matter how many times the doctor has said no to you. Jesus saves the best for last. It doesn't matter how many times you tried to get out of sin and failed. Jesus saves the best for last. It doesn't matter how many times you tried to change yourself and you couldn't. It doesn't matter how many things you've been addicted to. I'm telling you, he saves the best for last. And in that moment, when we finally run out of what we can do and what the world can give us, all of a sudden he steps on the scene and he says, fill them up and watch what I can change. Right now, today, hear me. I, I, I'm not trying to wow you with some intellectual word. Sometimes I really try for that, but today I just want to give it to you like I felt like I got it from God. Today, if you'll let him fill you up, you're going to leave saying, I thought God had nothing better for me, but Jesus saved the best for last. You're going to leave saying, I never believed God could do it. I never knew he was real. I didn't know he could heal I didn't know he could deliver I didn't know he could change a man speak to a man give vision to a man but God has saved the best for me you're going to leave saying it was not just another church it was not just another service but that was my appointed time that was my divine interaction with God he's been preparing you for this moment now is the time, Romans 13 and 11. Amen. As I was just driving, I felt like this was the word that I needed to preach. That for somebody today, now is your time. Romans 13, 11 says, Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. I'm telling somebody, I don't know if I could give you the right words to raise your faith. But this is a now moment. A now moment. Amen. I, I, I worked just about every job I've ever had uh, after I went to big kids school. Had a waiting room. Had a waiting room. And man, I, I tell you, to be honest, anybody who wears scrubs hates the waiting room. Yeah, I think there's a direct correlation between my blood pressure and the number of people sitting in that silly box. You put, you know, you get me behind the ball a little put 20, 30 people out there and a young, otherwise healthy guy is ready to have a stroke. I feel 
the waiting room. I feel the pressure. I feel that I'm not meeting your expectations. I feel your burden for help and that somehow you look to me for an answer and yet I can't get to you just yet. And I'll tell you to be honest, true, I have never in all my life forgotten or seen a soul forgotten in the waiting room. You feel like we forgot you, but we didn't. The reason it feels like that is we have more front doors than one. So you sit out there like, man, I checked in for my mosquito bite six hours ago. You don't realize we still got ambulances rolling in in the back. And some of them come in with chest compressions, all kinds of things that interrupt the flow. You know, I, why do I say all this? Why do I say all this? God has had some of you sitting in the waiting room. God has had some of you sitting there. You're waiting for a miracle. You're waiting for a blessing. You're waiting for him to change your life. You're waiting for your breakthrough. You're waiting to get the Holy Ghost. Don't you think that just because you've been sitting a little while that God has forgotten about you? But what you don't realize is there's a lot going on in the unseen that on the back end God feels you. He hears every prayer. That there is a pressure and an impetus out of heaven that God is going to move and he's going to move on your behalf. God has your name written down on the checklist. God has an appointed moment for you. Friends, you're coming out of the waiting room and it's going to happen now. I'm telling you that your name is about to be called. I'm I'm telling you that your healing is about to happen. I'm telling you that that life-changing moment that you've been waiting for, it's here and it's here right now. I'm telling you God's ready to fill. It is your appointed time. Now, now, now. He's been managing things on the back end. This had to move first. And this had to move first. And this piece and another piece. But he's been watching. He's been counting every second. He's been hearing every prayer. He's been seeing every infirmity, every persecution, every trial. And God is getting so excited. Because I believe right now in this place on our Freedom Sunday. That's what it is. That God is doing like I did. And he's getting ready to come to the front desk with the clipboard. And your name is already written on the top and God is about to call you out of what you've been in out of the problem out of the infirmity and the second he speaks your name it's going to be done the appointed time for somebody is right now it is right now Psalms 102 verse 13 says it so plainly. It says you shall arise and have mercy on Zion for the time of favor for her. Yes, the set time is come. I believe that for you today. Even if you don't believe it for yourself, I believe it for you today. That the favor of God is about to be on you. That the favor of God is about to be on this church. Amen. If you stand together with me, I believe in an appointed time. When I came, when I started coming to church, amen, it felt like I had to take a bunch of little stepping stones. I remember the first time I was brave enough to lift one hand and worship. Man, it was super scary. All Because again, all you guys are crazy. And I was raised Catholic. 
But I remember I felt the Spirit just draw me to, to, to respond in worship. And I tried it and I lifted one hand. And it was like the moment I complied with God and I lifted even one hand, I could feel His Spirit move over me more. And then I got brave and I lifted two hands, friend. And I'm telling you, it took me to a whole nother level in God. And then the preacher said one day that if you will lift your voice, voice and worship him God will fill you with his spirit and I decided I might look crazy I might sound crazy but I want God enough I'm gonna try it and I lifted my hands and I lifted my voice and God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I began to speak in tongues as he gave the words Why can't we really respond to him today? Not to me, not to the pastor, not to the music team. But before we leave this place, why can't we make sure that I'm still in line for my miracle. I'm still in line for my appointment. And when he begins to call, I will answer. Amen. Here's what I'd like to do today. Amen. I, I recognize there's people from all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different walks with God. I want to draw your attention to, to probably three things. First, if you've been serving God for a long time, this message is still for you. Amen. This message is still for you. And I want to tell you why. There has been moments in my walk with God when I needed Him as much as before I met Him. You know, one of the most dangerous things isn't backsliding. It's simply standing still. And I would challenge you to be woken up because now is your time. This is your hour to become more in God than you were last week, last month, last year. This is your hour to find your calling, to find your ministry, to touch heaven again, to get urgent, to get serious, to have passion and fervor. But I need to draw your attention to two other things. The first is what goes on back here behind our wonderful praise team. Man, what's behind that hole in the wall? Anybody know? Man, we got a baptismal tank back there behind that cutout. Now, let me tell you what this is about. If you don't have a, a ton of scriptural knowledge, that's totally cool. I didn't either. I'm like, man, that's a big book, and I don't feel like reading that whole thing right out of the gate. Now I read it all the time. So let me give you just a brief summary. You could go double check it if you want. In John 3, 5, it says, Except you're born of water and the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. In Mark 16 and 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In 1 Peter 3 and 21, it says, The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. In Acts 2 and 38, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And in Acts 20, 22 and 16 it says and now what are you waiting for arise and be baptized calling on the name of the Lord so you might as well go down in the name of Jesus and let God wash away every sin that you've ever committed 
There's nothing like going down the name of Jesus. What the Bible tells us is that literally when you go down in that water, it's like there was a record of wrongs against you. I picture a chalkboard, and I got all my junk written up there. I don't know what you guys did, but I know what I did. So I got my whole record of junk written up there like a rap sheet, that you know, a scroll of a rap sheet that comes down on the table, rolls out across the floor. I know what I thought. I know what I said. I know what I did. And it's all written up there, but when you go down in the name of Jesus, it's like somebody takes an eraser and it wipes the slate clean. If you're in this place and you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, today's the day. We got robes, right? Robes you can wear so your clothes won't even get wet. You can get changed, go down in the name of Jesus. And when you come up, friend, I'm telling you, this will have been an appointed moment with God. You'll come up with no sin weighing you down. You'll come up, some of you are going to be delivered from alcohol now. Some of you are going to be delivered from cigarettes now. Some of you are going to be delivered from things you never imagined right now. this one guy until I just stories everybody say story time man this one guy was drunk as a skunk like I even questioned if I should baptize him he was so drunk I didn't know if he was really making the choice or or um, Jimmy Dean Jim Dean Jimmy Dean was making the choice but man he was stumbling and, and he could barely get his words together. And I tried asking him over and over, are you sure? Are you sure? Do you know what you're doing? And he could barely say it, but he said, yes, yes, yes. And we baptized him in Jesus' name. I've never seen anything happen so quickly. When he came back up, there was not the slightest slurring of his speech. He moved different. He looked different. And in that one moment when he came up, I'm telling you, God changed that man's life. I, I asked him after. I said, bro, you want a drink? And he said, never again. Never again. Never. I bet we baptized people and seen them leave their cigarettes on the altar after they get baptized. We baptize people that come out of gangs and God gives them respectable lives. We baptize homeless people and God turns them around and gives them jobs and homes and blessings. Friend, what would stop you? from getting baptized today. Amen. So I would challenge you, if you're willing to get baptized, come tell me, come tell Bishop Powell, come tell Brother Lucas, one of our team, anybody you've seen up here, and we'll get you baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the last thing I want to draw your attention to, I said we have three things, is the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. All of what we've done so far, all of this message, all of the music was setting the stage for you to encounter Christ yourself. I feel at incredible loss when I don't have my little black bag with me. When I come into a room and I don't have pills and stethoscopes and blood pressure cuffs, I walk in feeling like I can do absolutely nothing. All of my training hinges on tests. All of my training hinges on blood draws and on CT scans and MRIs. And when I walk into a room with none of that, I feel like I can't help you. The reality of church, I hate to say it, is that I can do nothing for you. I can't counsel you out of your problems. 
I can't prescribe you something to make you a better man or a better woman. But all of what we do is to set the stage because Jesus can. And if we can ever get you to Him, I'm telling you in one divine moment, it is done. He can change it all. He can heal it all. He can deliver it all. He can restore marriages. He can do things that no man, no song, no sermon could ever do. Friend, I want you to experience Him today yourself. Not me. Not clap for me. Not enjoy the word. Not even remember my name. But that you could get to Him today. I want to tell you how we're going to facilitate that. At the end of our services, we like to invite people to come and pray. And I'd like to invite you to do that now. Would you turn to somebody next to you and say, I want you to come up there with me and we're going to ask everybody to come gather around the front. We're just going to pray together. We're not going to do nothing spooky, nothing scary, but we're going to create space for Jesus to come in. Come on, turn to somebody next to you. I mean it. Turn to somebody next to you. Say, come on up there with me and then we're going to have some barbecue. Amen. But we're going to touch Jesus before we go. Amen. Grab somebody. Somebody in front of you. Somebody behind you. Say, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. It's the appointed time. a little bit of instruction as you come. Amen. We got some that are still coming. Amen. If you don't come up here, that's okay. But I'm liable to come get you, just so you know. So, just how it goes, right? This, when you come to Pentecostal Church, it's like a team sport. It's a participation exercise. Amen. So what we're going to do just first, and we're only going to spend like two, three minutes on this, we're going to ask God to forgive us of everything that we've ever done that He wasn't pleased with. And the reason we ask God to forgive us is because those sins are barriers between us and heaven. And if we get them out of the way, now the path is clear for heaven to sweep down in our lives. So you're going to hear me pray and ask God to forgive me. You can repeat what I say or put it into your own words. But we need to ask Him sincerely to forgive us and change us. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated, but can we do that today as a church? All right, come on, every everybody, would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? Lord, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for bringing me into your house today. I thank you for what I felt, and I thank you for the Word of God. Lord, right now, I want to respond. Right now, I know that you're calling my name and you're calling me deeper. And anything that's in my life that would prevent me from getting to you, I pray that you would take it out right now. I pray that God, you would forgive me. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done and who I've been. And I pray that God, you would change me. Come on, somebody, would you pray like that for just a couple minutes? Somebody lift your voice. Lift your voice. You have to say it out loud for it to work. God, forgive me. God, would you change me? God, would you make me new today? I ask you to take away everything I've ever done. Everything 
Worship makes him respond. Worship ushers in miracles. 